This podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get 30 free days and a free audiobook by signing up with our link, audibletrial.com issues. Check that out. Get a free audiobook, 30 free days, and help the channel grow or the podcast grow. Thank you so much for your support this season and hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome back, everyone, to Phil's Recap and Review, The Walking Dead, Season 7, Episode 8, Heart Still Breathing, the mid-season finale of Season 7 of The Walking Dead. It comes to a close tonight, and welcome, everybody. But I'm not alone. I have with me some of the best people already talking, talking through this episode, talking right now in the live motherfucking chat. I might be joined by a guest later on in the evening, or you might just have me tonight. Either way, we're going to get through this episode of The Walking Dead, get through this recap, and it might even be quicker than the episode itself. This was a very interesting episode of The Walking Dead because, for my interest, there were some really high points in this episode, just from The Walking Dead storytelling, from a high point of season seven on some levels for me. But then there were other parts of this episode that's just so indicative of what one of my main gripes or whiny little bitches issues of the whole entire season is. The fact that I don't know if this had to be a 90-minute episode. I think the back half of this episode was really strong from the point that Spencer made his dick move. Everything that we got in the first half an hour of this episode... I feel like could have been compacted to almost 10 minutes or something. And there was a lot of fluffing going on. There was a lot of fluffing. Yeah, there was there was some fluffing going on in the sense of it was oh, it was a lot of just unnecessary foreplay of who's gonna fight the fight? You wanna kill Negan? 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 No, I wanna kill Negan. You wanna kill Negan? I wanna kill Negan. I wanna kill Negan too. But who's gonna kill Negan? You can't be the one that kills Negan. I have to be the one that kills Negan, but you can't be the one that kills Negan. And, and all this like sad music and emotional. Timo was saying in the live fucking chat. Uh a little bit of soap opera-iness to the beginning of it all. And it's a lot of, like, when they go up to Carol. If anyone's ever seen the, the uh, a lot of people like to compare Carol to Rambo. But I'm going to compare Carol to Rocky in this situation. In Rocky 2, <laughs> spoiler alert for Rocky 2. The whole movie, this is like the second time I've talked about Rocky 2 very recently as well. For some fucking reason, or Rocky hurts his eye in the first fight and can't fight. And Adrian gives him shit through the whole movie. You can't fight the fight, Rocky. You can't fight the fight. And everyone in the fucking seats in the theater knows that Rocky's going to fight the fight. We all know Carol and Morgan are going to eventually break loose and start going Ninja Turtle Rambo on some people. We know that's coming. So to see more of that same circle... But then to get to the awesome stuff, I pretty much, I enjoyed the Negan stuff. The Negan and Spencer stuff was really good for me. This was a good going out party for red shirt number one, Spencer. And and just the whole insanity of everything leading up to, leading up to Olivia's death and leading into the Rick and Aaron stuff was all really awesome. And even though Aaron was kind of speaking in Tony Robbins language some of the, some of the time in the episode, that was really cool. I feel like because of the way that they plotted out the season and they gave us so many individual arc episodes, they needed to touch so many titties in this episode. They needed to squeeze a lot of titties and they did and they balanced it, but it didn't have to. It it was, it didn't need to do as much as it did, but this was a good episode of The Walking Dead. And I'd say the high points of this episode were some of my favorite that we've had in a long time on the show, but... Some of the stuff was just, it was just too much, too much meat. You could have trim, trimmed the fat off of it a little bit. And and I'm going to be whiny and bitchy a little bit, as I usually am. But that's my minor 
minor weaknesses on the episode. But other than that, there were some definite good points. The acting continues to be really good. The production value. The editing and the writing, though. It's just, at times, it's just too much. And some of the dialogue is, in some avenues, in some exchange, almost on the verge of laughable. But... Intense shit happened in this episode. Had me on the edge of my seat. The hug that we got with Rick and Daryl at the end. Some action moved along with Daryl escaping. That was another aspect of the episode I really enjoyed. The conclusion at the end where everyone's coming back together. It had a very much similar feeling to me when everyone ends up in the back of the vans at the end of the Terminus thing. When they all look, they're fucking with the wrong people. It was kind of a vibe. Like, they're fucking with the wrong people stuff. But then there were just, like, little cheesy things that bothered me. Why is everyone sitting around watching the pool game that Negan's about to cut the guts out so that they can cut the guts out? How's Daryl know which... How's Jesus know which... Daryl's in because he read the script. Shit like that. But let me jump into the live motherfucking chat. See what some of you guys thought. Yeah, it was hot and cold with this episode, says Timo. Ducronk says, I'd like to see where Daryl found out, uh, when Daryl found out that Maggie was still alive. I'd love to see that first encounter between Maggie and Daryl. The first apology. I'm sorry for what happened with Glenn. And so it's just some more of that good stuff. Some more of that good stuff. They have so much stuff to touch upon. Again, so many titties to grab on the show. That sometimes some of the better, some of the better butts and balls and titties all are, are not groped enough because we have to spend time on things that I don't care as much about. Yeah, too much titty bast, too much titty bastarding. <laughs> too that's a thing too, you know. Too much titty grabbing, says the atheist bastard. Yeah, I rolled my eyes during the Carol scenes. Daryl went Lucille and Fat Joey. That was kind of fun to watch. That scene, that was a lot of. Oh yeah, and I love how he came out right in the place that had all the motorcycles. I mean, that was probably intentional. You ruined Rocky too. Damn you. Damn you, says Chalkboy. Tim Gersh says, I was in the hospital last week, so I missed it. Who won the Shut the Fuck Up Award? It always, I always win the Shut the Fuck Up Award, Tim. And hope you're doing better, buddy. And hope uh, everything's went well at the hospital. It was nothing too serious. And you're, you're doing good, my friend. Phil, I, I missed the real Carol. Too soon, Phil. No Rocky too spoilers. Shut the fuck up. Too many fucking hippies. We got some more Enid and Carl. Yes, we did, Corey Mitchell. We got the eye-fucking and the smiling happy snap-ahead party at the end of the episode where, where happy music's playing, everyone's high-fiving and smiling that they lost two useless members of the cast. No, we only lost Olivia and Spencer. Spencer is a dick anyway. High-fives all around. It's, it's, everything's coming up Millhouse today for the Walking Dead guys. But I did like that ending, minus all the awkward smiles. I would have rather just intense looks. The smiling... Almost reminding, again, I'm going to spoil a movie. Remember the Titans when one of the characters, remember the Titans, dies at the end and they all are trying to be sad at the gravesite and they're like, they're going, na, 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 hey, 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 goodbye. And it's supposed to be serious and it just comes off as ridiculous. And that's what the smiles kind of came off to be a little bit at, at, at a point in time of that end scene where I was all, I was super happy, the hug between Rick and, and Daryl, as long as Daryl showered, really, um, really made me feel good. I felt good. <laughs> but, but then when they all started smiling goofily, especially Enid and Carl, I was, I was, uh, my teeth started falling out from the, from the, uh, how sugary sweet it all was. Santovia Major, great to see Apulia, Anthony, Corey, great to see Tim Gersh. Uh, Timo says, oh my god, I'm annoyed the fuck out of me. Why the hell did everyone stop what they were doing to watch people play pool? Yeah, what the fuck was that? 
<laughs> Eli, great to see Eli. And great to see, I uh, saw Eli over in uh, Johnny the Irish Wildlings channel. Love Johnny. Hello, Santovia Mitromelli. Oh, we, Anna Banana's in the live chat, too. We got Anna Banana. Super, Ma Super Mario Pro. Great to see you. Jesus knows things. Yes, Phil, the smiles at the end kind of brought me down a little bit. It felt forced. Damn, Phil, stop spoiling these goddamn movies. Yeah, you knew Spencer was going to get that. Negan would never trust a turncoat. Sounds like The Walking Dead, even its best episodes, has bad scenes. They, they paid the fans a favor after last season's cliffhanger. Carl needs some Walking Dead titty-grabbing advice. It was a good writing with some bad uh, writing throughout. Yeah, and I think that if I could subtitle The Walking Dead in general, that's what I would say about The Walking Dead. And I, th I think you got to pick and choose. And I'm gonna try. I'm gonna choose in this situation to be very positive coming out of this episode, leading into the next season. And always will bitch about what they felt like they had to do in this season because they they felt like they had to stretch it out because they didn't want to rush into what the next big story point is, which we saw teased in the scenes for the, the back half of the season, where hey, I got a group of people, you got a group of people, we all got a group of people. As Rick, Rick's like, hey, everybody, let's gang up together and try to kill Negan all together like <gasps> whoa and seeing everything matriculate but I again I wouldn't have my I'll talk about this towards the end of the of the broadcast but I've said it before it, I think everything in this season could have been a hundred percent better because they had all the elements I think to work all the key points to hit I just think how it was all fanned out was was wonky again. But this episode, I don't want to spend too much time on that, but this episode was a fun episode of The Walking Dead. It ended me off. I'm, I ended up more positive at the end of these last two episodes of the season than I was through the whole whole season, but I'm still not very high on the show. I think the break is coming at the right time because I'm just a little... You know, like when you get in a relationship with someone and it's towards the end of the relationship and you're arguing with them all the time and you kind of just need a break. You need to, like... Both you guys go on a vacation for a while and then and then see each other because during this season, I just I got kind of after what happened last season with the Glenn stuff and the dumpster. And I love how Aaron found a dumpster under the water in this episode when he's swimming under the water with the zombies. But I, I was I was touched inappropriately. I, I made me feel uncomfortable. And I became a a very, very <laughs> painful level of salt going on in my body towards The Walking Dead. And I think now that I've gotten through that crap, I went through this season, which arguably, I, I was going to say inarguably, but arguably is the worst worst stretch of episodes that The Walking Dead's ever had. And coming at the end of this, I'm like, okay, that happened. Now let's get fucking good again. We got all our characters back together. Let's get the focus back on the characters that are awesome. This is not a fucking participation trophy award show. We don't need to give everybody that's not as in interesting as a character. There's certain characters that are good for one-offs. I love Tara when they go to her for two seconds and she's like, holy shit, this is gonna be fucked. Or when she offers herself up for the situation, like a moment over here. We don't need a 90 minute episode for her. And I would say the same thing about not just, I'm picking on her, but hopefully that was the equivalent of Getting, giving everyone a, a shot to shoot the ball, but now, now because the storyline was a sparse storyline, so let's grow the world, grow the characters, or whatever. And <laughs> such a, I'm such a bastard. Grow the characters, what the fuck ever, do what the fuck you will with it. Fucking toss my salad, I don't care. 
and in this back half back half of the season we can start focusing on Rick again and Daryl and some of our and Maggie even more again too and where and progressing the fucking story I don't mind character studies when you use character study as a point of which to 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 further the story. I'm excited that this episode, what I liked about this episode and last episode, is it actually furthered a story. It wasn't just, okay, okay, we're going out. Whatever. I'm just talking. I'm fucking, I'm talking. I'm in a mood. I had a good time with this episode. Can't you tell? I'm super excited about this episode. I'm a salty piece of fucking pirate booty crap. Arm and ladies. Board the SS feels a piece of shit and listen to his stupid bitching about this fucking episode. Oh, the t Tim Gurr says, the entire episode was great and haters can go suck my Daryl cock and haters can say, can do this, says Tim Gersh. That's what Tim Gersh has to say to me about fucking not liking the Tara episode. Oh, God. No, Joe didn't jump ship. Joe is only able to join us every other week because of work commitments. He has every other Sunday off. So he, he only had to deal with uh, half half the episodes of the season. He has he did watch the episode and was texting me during the episode uh, some some sweet, sweet nothings into his ear <laughs> about it. I, he enjoyed this episode more than uh, this. I think this was his favorite from the messages I was getting from him. I was getting the sense that this was his favorite episode of the season. Everything is well. Did you visit Canada? Yes, it's snowing in Toronto for the first time of the year, says Kyote. Timo says, I was just happy the group is back together because that means no more bottle episodes. Hopefully, Eli, so do I. I can't even say that word. It'll make me cry, Eli. I like this season, but the mid-season finale was boring. At least the first half, it could have used more action. I agree with that, Patricia. The, the first half of it was tiresome for me. And the second half was really a lot of fun. And that's why I think... This, more than any of the other 90-minute episodes this season, I'd make the biggest argument for this could have been a tight 60 minutes. This did not need to be a 90-minute episode. That whole front foreplay shit of stuff could did not need to happen as long and extensively. We could have just quickly bounced scene to scene to scene to scene to scene and led right into the Spencer stuff. And then, then you would have had, I would have said, oh, it's one of my favorite episodes of The Walking Dead. Been a long, long fucking time. Right, blah, blah, blah. But there was just a little bit too much fat in this one. SM is in the live chat. Jay, great to see you, buddy. What happened to Heath? Heath went, Heath jumped into a portal and went into 24 land where he's going to be on the 24 spinoff series. And if the spinoff series doesn't work out, he's going to jump back into that portal and magically appear back into Game, the Game of Thrones, back into the Walking Dead land. It's going to be incredible when that fucking 24 show without Kiefer Sutherland fucking fails and Heath magically shows back up in the Walking Dead. It's, it's going to be a sight to see. Oh, team talking to team about Canada. Uh, I am I am taking voicemails right now. The phone lines are working a little hinky right now. But uh, if you want to leave a voicemail, 781-990-8509. Against that, 781-990-8509. I'm going to try to open the phone lines, but the 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 company that I do the phone lines with is doing an update tonight, and there are some interruptions. So you can try to get in at 315-948-8237, but if you definitely want to get your thoughts in, I will 
I'll make sure you leave your voicemail at 781-990-8509. You can also tweet me at igotissuesman at gmail.com or email me at igotissuesman at gmail. Whoops, strike that, reverse it. Email me at igotissuesman at gmail.com or tweet me just at igotissuesman. And okay, yeah, so so that is, that's this episode. This is the podcast. Great to talk to you guys. I'll be back later. Good night. No, we're not, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. Let's get into this fucking shit. It's about time. Touch me in the right places, buddy. Recap! Now it's time for the recap. <laughs> oh shit. I knocked down the world. The world is destroyed. I destroyed the set. Oh no. Let me pick this shit up. Okay, everybody, now it's time for the recap. I got a little bit too excited. I did. I got too excited. Let's get into the recap as I'm talking because some people are listening to audio of this and not realizing that I destroyed the whole room. Oops. Okay. <laughs> so Rosita had one fucking job. Rosita had one fucking job. Hey, look, Phil's wearing pants. Well, I'm wearing pajama bottom pants, to be fair. <laughs> Oopsie. Wearing Ninja Turtle pajama bottom pants. Okay, fuck. <laughs> that was fun. I have a feeling this thing's gonna fall down again if I move, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a hilarious moment. It's just a ticking time clock, like the 24 show that Heath is gonna be on of it will be canceled eventually. <laughs> I'm just a crazy filthy whore, as Tom says. <laughs> so here we go. Let's get into this recap. Hart's still breathing. Olivia's dead. Spencer's dead. Negan shaved. Oh my. It's spaghetti day at the Grimes house. <laughs> if you want to kill Negan, I'm Negan. I don't want to kill Negan. You got to kill Negan. A lot of unnecessary stuff. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, so let's get into this recap. So it's a good creeping beginning. We open up on Maggie at Glenn's grave with piano music and she walks up to look up and she grasps a ladder. She climbs up a tower and she sees Greg sitting there who is just looking at her like a dick, eating an apple, touching himself with the apple, being like, yeah, let me touch myself with this apple. Mm-hmm. He starts talking shit about how people are saying too many good things about Sasha and Maggie. People are saying, oh, you know, they, they saved their asses. And, and he goes, eh, you watch your ass. Don't save too many people. Don't, don't get people saying good things about you because I don't like that. And Maggie kind of looks at him because she's hungry and you know she's pregnant and shit and goes, are you going to eat that apple? You going to eat that apple? And one of the guys that's up on the wall goes, Gregory, she's fucking pregnant. Stop being a dick. And he tosses it to her and she eats it. I eat it. Jump in the live fucking chat. We all know Negan is Spartacus. Eli says, I woke up confused as shit. Well, it's better than no pants, Phil. Damn, I passed the fuck out early then. Oh, I think they're talking about a a stream from last night with Johnny and everybody. Apparently, Jesus has special abilities where he can find where everyone everyone's room is, etc. Yeah, he has magic script reading abilities. For some reason, Maggie has been annoying me this season. Weird. Exactly, Santovio. And why would he pass a note? Why not just get him out of there right away? Gregory's dates are numbered, says uh, Santovia. And let's, let's push it into the right. Let's push it in, pull it out, stick it in your mouth. <laughs> Okay, so we fade up to Negan shaving shaving and stuff, and 
and uh, we also we see Daryl seeing this thing from la- seeing the note from last week, and he gets out. We see some yummy tomato sauce. Now that's some fucking good looking gravy that Negan is cooking. It's Spaghetti Tuesday. Herschel would be proud. He offers a little taste to Carl with a little spoon. He's, he's like, "You want the wooden spoon, Carl?" He's like, "You want you want to taste it?" Oh, he's a cute Carl. And he give and Carl's like, "I don't want any fucking pasta sauce." If that was pudding, I couldn't fucking refuse the pudding. But if that's pasta sauce. Don't give me the pasta sauce. I'm letting Negan feed me pasta sauce. I don't give a shit. I'm feeding into that. I'm I'm making choo-choo train sounds while he puts that fucking stick into my mouth and lets me taste all the lovely tomato sauce and deliciousness of that sauce that Negan was cooking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> fucking munchies. Spencer's blood looked like ketchup. Yeah, Spencer's blood did look very similar to the tomato sauce. Could that be said that Spencer was dispensed of? Yeah, it looks so fake. I get the fucking munchies. Sorry, I had to say the munchies twice. Well, with Jesus, the thing is sometimes you win the lottery. <laughs> Could it be said that Spencer was dispensed of? <laughs> I love that. So we see some uh, yummy Negan in Spaghetti Tuesday. Ta- we see Tara and Olivia, and they start talking shit about Negan. We, I got Negan's lemonade. You got Negan's lemonade? I got Negan's lemonade. And they go back and forth. Tara says, let me uh, let me take over for you, Olivia. Let me handle this shit. And Olivia says, no, no, no. The script says I got to die in this episode, so I have to stay close to their, all the action. And they go in, and Negan is rocking Judith to sleep, and Olivia says, it's almost dinner time, you gotta leave, and it's a big, like, kind of creepy moment. Then we get Negan sitting at the head of the table, doing his, uh, smiley-faced Negan thing there. Hey, we're gonna need another setting. Olivia comes in with the lemonade, and he serves her, and he smiles, and he really, really likes it. So then we go over to Rick and Aaron, who are looking at the boat to get to the boathouse, and Rick says to Aaron, uh... Aaron basically says to Rick, don't treat me like a bitch when Rick says, I'll go alone. And they just go back and forth. Again, it's a little bit of unnecessary foreplay to the fact that you know both of them are going to go. You know they're going to go to the boat, and you know neither one of them are going to fucking die. So just fucking go already. Stop it. I don't care. You you don't need this to stretch out an episode of the 90 minutes. It's cool action. Just get them on the water. Okay, we got to get out there. Let's just get out there. Bam, bam, bam. You don't need the... I'm not going to go. And then Aaron giving this speech about why he's important and shit like that and understand it. Like... Okay, I've, like, I don't mind the speech that Aaron gave to Rick about understanding Negan and being like, I'm I'm drinking the Kool-Aid too, Rick. I understand what you're doing here in this situation, trying to keep us safe. I just mean the, you're not going, you're not going, Aaron. Yeah, you're going. You know he's going. Why'd you take him? What the fuck? <laughs> you're both going. Stop it. Stop it. It's like one of those CW shows when someone doesn't tell somebody something. When one character's like, I can't tell this character this secret because it will hurt them. Well, you should tell them it will be better, but I can't tell them. It's just this forced drama for forced drama's sake. And no, no, you don't need to do that. You're fucking awesome. You have an awesome scene with zombies in the fucking water and a houseboat and people popping up like jack-in-boxes out the water. That's an awesome set piece. Use it. Use it like a fucking 10 cent hooker. Use it. Oh, I think the phone lines actually worked and I might have Jay on the line. This might not work, but let's try. I think I got Jay in 202. Let's see if this works. Jay, you on? Yeah, what's up, man? How's it going, dude? How you been? 
Pretty good. Um, so wait, is Joe like uh, working tonight or something? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Joe, Joe works every other week. So unfortunately, I'm by my by myself. I might be joined by a guest later, but it might just you might just get me by my lonesome tonight, drunk Phil. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, then I just wanted to ask, you know, as a as someone asking who has not watched the show since like the first episode, <laughs> you think it's gotten better or worse since the first episode? <sighs> Oh, Jay, Jay, I don't know. I mean, I think the stuff that we're doing at the end of the season, I think it got worse than better. I think I think after that first episode, the next couple were for my taste got worse. Except for maybe some of the stuff with the Carol stuff. It could have all been hodgepodge into one big episode. But I think the last two episodes of the season were had enough good stuff to be like to make me somewhat excited for the back half of the season. Like I could, I would okay. just, you could just watch three episodes, Jay. You can watch what? You, <laughs> you can just watch three episodes. Yeah, just watch three episodes. Skip the middle ones. You know what happens. You learn more about Tower. You learn about, you learn about Carol and, and this dude that has a tiger and shit. You know, that, that's it. Move it along. You, you learn Rosita wants to fuck Spencer or doesn't want to fuck Spencer anymore. And blubbity, blubbity, blubbity. Move it, move it along. Nothing to see here. Get to the, get to the, uh. Is Rick's kid any closer to getting laid? I hope so. I I think honestly, I think I think he, I heard he's leaving the show or something to go to college. Or I saw that on Facebook. Oh, he's pulling he's pulling a Joffrey or something like that. He's gonna quit. He's gonna quit the play. I, I heard that. I don't know if that was true, but that was trending on Facebook on like sometime this week or last week or something. Call me. I'm just to, not to spoil anything, but he spent a lot of time in the last two episodes with Negan. I think that's gonna help him actually in the in the figuring out the lady situation with uh, with Enid. The way she was looking at him and making googly eyes at the end of this episode, it seems like it's just a matter of time. Oh, yeah, and I forgot. Carl did get some. You probably you didn't watch the episodes. There was at one point in this season where Carl did get a little bit of action. So... What do you mean by a little bit of action? You I think he, I think he like, made, I think he made out and might maybe did a little of uh, second base, uh, got a single uh, okay. round, rounding second a little bit. I don't think anything more than that. <laughs> Play, played a little, played a little squeeze, squeeze a honka honka. I think there's a little bit of that going on, but don't quote me on that. Maybe it's my imagination, Jay. I, I'm an optimist. And <laughs> do you think that that we're gonna be finished with Negan after this season? No. No, I think I think we're in for Negan for a while. I think I think he's just gonna eventually become a, one of those fucking characters that he's gonna start out as a villain, but once they beat him, quote unquote. You think they're gonna make him Spike from Buffy? I think so, dude. I totally think so. Or fucking what's his name from uh from from Charmed? Fucking uh Belza Belzebub. You might not watch Charmed, but whatever. Oh, like oh, I, I watch every other Balthazar. Balthazar. Thank thank yeah. you. Yeah. You mean you mean you mean Cole, the coolest. Cole. Cole, Cole yeah, Ju- Julian from uh, Julian from Nip Tuck. Yeah, yeah, I think I think person that should have ended up being Phoebe's um, husband. Yeah, because of the fucking prophecy, dude. Day. The fucking prophecy. I'm so Jay. I, I gotta let you go for now because we're gonna get into charm talk, dude. Awesome as always to talk to you, my friend. Have a good night. J- right. Jay and I are gonna get into a huge charmed fucking scream fest about Phoebe's true future in her uh, visions, but that's a different podcast altogether, Jay. It's a big fucking thing. Uh, Timo says he's going to go to college, but he can still do The Walking Dead. Uh, Centovia and Eli are the same wavelength. We got Ninja. Hello, Ninja. Thank you, Ninja Granny, for the love in the live chat. You guys in the live chat, as always, are keeping it moving and keeping the discussions fucking great. I am so lucky to have all of you motherfucking chatters. If anyone else wants to call in, it looks like the phone lines are working at 315 948 
888-382-8237, or you can leave a voicemail. I'm going to get back to the recaps, and I'll look at those lines later and check out, and also jump back in the live chat. So here we go. So Rick and Aaron look at the boat, and they go, yada, yada, yada. Can we please just yada, yada, yada? So then we go back to dinner time at Negan's, and he's just, he's not having any fun. He's just, he's not having fun waiting for his dad and Lucille. She is fucking hungry. So, so pass me a fucking roll. Let's listen to a little Negan. Yeah, that was enough. <laughs> I'm not waiting for your dad anymore. I don't know where the hell he is. But Lucille? She's hungry. She wants a roll, and he just wants the rolls, which I don't blame him. I'm a big roll guy. I, in fact, if I go to a wedding and I eat all the rolls at the table, when everyone's out on the floor dancing, I sneak around to the tables, and I'm a fucking roll thief. If I'm ever in an event with any of you guys, if it ever happens to be, watch out for me. Watch out for me in the... <laughs> you better be careful. Watch out for me. You better hold close to your roll. Because if you fuck with, my, fuck with me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to want to eat that shit. Sorry, I lost power on my, uh, my forward screen. I felt like the, the Starship Enterprise when the, uh, the punt thing. It's like, I can't see anything, Captain. My notes are gone. I'm useless without my notes. This is all scripted. <laughs> Phil loves his empty cards. I do. I'm a fucking, I'm a breadaholic. When, when they go, yeah, you're in a jail. You're living on bread and water. I go, thanks. Can it be, can it be a baguette bread though? Wonder Bread sucks. Warm bread kicks ass Randy. I love there's nothing better than when you go to a supermarket or something and you go to the bread aisle and you go and you reach and you're and you're trying to pick up breads to get and you just grab it and it's right after they broke it out and it's all crunchy and hot and fucking delicious. It's like a walker ripping into flesh. It's like oh. I'm I'm happier than Negan and you dunk that shit into some good tomato sauce and you just go, oh. that that's fu that's fucking you know if I'm gonna die a lot some people ask that question if you're if you're in death row and you ask for a final meal I I just want endless baguettes of deliciousness and Rayo's bottle of sauce and just go. <laughs> Anyways, I'm more I'm fucking hungry. So let's get this. Rob Stark played the main character. It also had Walter Frey. Oh, talking about a movie in the live chat. Awesome. I'm a bread guy too. Randy and I are gonna go to a uh, a. A, bre a bread party. <laughs> Go to O'Paris in Vegas into the bread place and just uh, trade off baguettes for pretzel baguettes. So it's dinner time at Negan's and then we go into the commercial break. And I was talking about this with Timo during the actual show, but it's fucking hilarious how many commercials there are on AMC. We often talk about that. But it's even getting more obvious that they're specifically targeting some of these commercials for The Walking Dead. And Timo was going to talk about it in the live chat a second when I say this. But some of them are good. I'm not saying they're bad commercials. They're funny. But they just, every other commercial now with The Walking Dead, it's like a zombie commercial. It, if The Walking Dead, if AMC's wondering why The Walking Dead's ratings are, are dwindling away, there's a fine line between... Being confident enough in your product to promote the fuck out of it, to over-exploitation. They're getting into the space balls, merchandising, merchandising, where the real money from the movies are made. I don't know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's just funny to watch it manifest itself and watch the growing, watch, watch the growth of The Walking Dead like that. And AMC, they did the same thing in a sense with Breaking Bad, but 
Walking Dead's way worse than it ever was. But when Breaking Bad, they were like, yeah, yeah, this show's on. We're going to promote it. Yeah, it's okay, okay. Then those final seasons when it became the It show, suddenly it was Breaking Bad's everywhere. Bub, bub, bub. Let's do a Talking Bad. Let's do this. Let's do that. So when when AMC smells blood in the water, they they go they go in for the kill. Let's sell zombie advertising hours. Hey, hey, hey. Oh my god, the commercials. The reason why we have 90 episodes is so they can put in more fucking commercials. So tell me AMC is a fucking pimp. Dean says Dave Merce, Dave Morrissey versus Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Who's the better villain? Both awesome. I think on the show, I enjoyed David Morrissey's performance a little bit better because I found it understated, especially when the first half. I think the right, although the writing wasn't perfect, I think both of them delivered, or I think he delivered the better performance. Something about those moments talking to his daughter that really captured menace for me well and an uncomfortability that not, that seemed more genuine than anything Negan's been able to pull off for me yet. And the Nike commercial basically took shots of The Walking Dead and gave a rundown to the show saying how zombies died and said, now you have free time to get running. <laughs> Seriously. What was up with that after credit scene? I actually missed the after credit scene, but I assume it had something to do with the boots guy. That the boots guy showed back up when they saw the boots. Did we actually get to see who the boot guy was? Or did they just show Miss show the boots again? That he was watching everything that was going on with his stylish boots. So there's tons of zombies. Then we get Eugene's face as, as he comes in and shit goes real as we see that the saviors are collecting all the goods at this point in time that some of the guys have collected. And we see one of the few saviors flirting with douche nuts, feuding, flirting with Spencer. Let's listen to a few seconds of that one. Flirt, damn you. Good to hear. You play your cards right. Maybe I'll show you where we live. Maybe I'll buy you a sandwich. Whoa, what can we have a sandwich? What kind of sandwich are you talking about here? Sorry, I, sorry, on that note. On that note, I missed the technical difficulty sign. On that note, yeah, I have to get a sandwich too. So, uh, so one of the saviors wanted to buy Spencer a sandwich, which I think we all can slowly close the lights down and spark up a sandwich right now. So, and asked if he can get a sandwich. Spencer smiles and goes, hey, hey, I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty guy. And I should, uh, I should start selling my number one asset, which is my pretty looks. I'm so pretty. Al, Red Sox fan in the live motherfucking chat. Great to see you, Al, Red Sox fan. Love my buddy Al. We got Rand, Randy, is that code for blowjob? Eli, Point Clementine, Timo, Phil. I thought the same thing when I heard sandwich. You have tainted my view of sandwiches forever. I got to give credit where credit is due. All credit goes to how I met your mother for the sandwich thing. <laughs> but I'll happily steal it. <laughs> okay, so we go to uh then we go to our next scene, which is just Carol chilling with a glass of wine, some good food, and she sees a package and it's from Morgan. And Morgan came here for some shit, uh, to drop off some food, but she's all good because she has enough fresh food. She I I used to briefly work at Whole Foods. And in Whole Foods, uh, at least the time I worked there, if any of the food was tainted in any way, they would just put it on the the employee table up in the like the guest room, at, up in the like the check-in room and the, the punching room and stuff, and it would just be this like piles and piles of almost like you know perfectly looking fruit or whatever like that, and it was just that we have fruit. I never had to buy fruit, and Carol's just like everyone's bringing me fucking fruit. I get it. You shitsicles. I don't need any fruit, Morgan. I didn't call you over here to bring me food. I called over here just to see if you were all right and talk some shit to you. Uh, 
Whole Foods had the best seductive and ancient grain bread. Their challah bread isn't bad either. My favorite thing that they had have, or the thing I get most from Whole Foods, is their pizza dough. Because I'm lazy and don't want to make my own pizza dough, and I have a pizza stone. So I'll like go there and just buy one of their pre-made doughs, and it, and I cut it in half, and then make two pizzas out of it. That's basically the only thing that I go in there to uh, cons to, to buy at this point. And, and, and some of their, one of their limit. What am I fucking... <laughs> This podcast is brought to you by Whole Foods. Please shop smart. <laughs> so she has enough food to choke a horse, and she's like, but she's like, fuck Morgan. Fucking, I got enough, dude. Eat a dick over there, okay? Tim Gersh, love you, buddy. Hope you're feeling better and take care. Thanks for stopping in, my friend. So 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 Carol calls Morgan over and she's talking, she wants to see how he's doing. She's all uh the dudes, and then some other dude shows up and he's there with some bottles. And some dude, I don't even know what his name is. Uh, someone in the live chat can tell me if we've learned this guy's name. I just call him dude with bottles. And he wants to speak to them about something important. So then we go off to Rick and Aaron's sea adventure, having a, having a sea cruise. And Rick makes sure that he knows the most important thing of walking dead travel when he's out there with Morgan. And Morgan, with, excuse me, out there with Aaron, he makes sure that he has his... His shit buddy. Don't have to worry, get your shit buddy. Rick and Aaron on sea adventure. They're having fun. <laughs> They're killing people with boards that have words on it. They're taking a fun bath, playing games like row, row, row your boat. They finally made it to the canoe, and then pop goes the weasel <laughs> as, uh, as a zombie comes out of the boat. Yeah, what was up with those damn bottles? Good question. A zombie comes out of the boat like a jack-in-the-box zombie, but Aaron saves Rick at the last minute. Then he falls under the water, and miraculously, amazingly, there's a dumpster somewhere under the water for Aaron to swim under through all those zombies and finally make it back to the canoe and quickly make it over to the barge. What a great, amazing thing going on. As Timo said, it was some serious dumpster diving going on in there. It was, it was a lot. It was, it was some great times. Great times. Yeah, Phil went dumpster diving. I'm too deep to give up The Walking Dead, but it's still pretty dead to me. Yes, what's up with those damn bottles of Sintopia Major? I can't wait till next decade for season seven to be off with the Netflix. 1998 says, sorry, I gotta go. Have a good night, 1998. No problem. Thank you so much for checking in and joining the fun. So back to Daryl, who's escaping as some glass shatters and Daryl hides and he finds some peanut butter. Oh, and he eats the shit out of that and finds some clothes, a little chess board that he gives a dirty lick, dirty lick to. He's licking the peanut butter while he's giving the dirty looks to that, to the other thing. And he's, uh, and then Daryl sits there, eats the peanut butter, peanut butter in a comfortable room with a shirt on until he moves. He flips the chessboard out. Then we go back to Rick and Aaron, and Rick is talking some serious shit. And this is when we get into more just talking. Things for them. People don't agree with it. I wouldn't blame you if you didn't. Now, uh, out of all the stuff that we got with these speeches, I think this was the one to me that was necessary. I feel like we've seen a lot from a lot of people's perspectives, whether it be Carl, whether it be Maggie, Sasha, Michonne, pretty much everybody else in our group, even the people that were there, that don't get what Rick's thinking. They, tr they 
they were there. They saw what Rick saw. They went. They didn't go through exactly what Rick went with the the car ride with Negan and stuff. Aaron gets it. As always, Aaron is the most, to me, one of the most sensible people out there. And he just gets it. And I like that they showed someone. I mean, Father Gabriel, I guess, is on Rick's side too. But, but Aaron just means more to me then, I guess. So, I don't know. I appreciate that they had this scene in here and had this conversation of them talking. And, yeah. So he's on his side. They're on, they're, they're, but they, there's some cheesiness to it, but he's okay. Hearts are beating or hearts are beating together. We can live as one or die as a, die alone. There were some lost references in there. So I don't know. The, some of the dialogue was hinky, but I appreciate the sentiment of that scene. Timo says, Aaron is the only Alexandria that I liked. Did anyone else love Michonne this episode? Says Walter Wright. I like Michonne this episode too. It reminded me more of what I thought Michonne was going to be. Kind of like a badass, her tone, not saying much. And just, it was almost comical in tone in the sense that when we flashed over to her, her stoic ways with it. And, uh, and the, and the woman from the, the, the savior that just probably knew the whole time that if Michonne was going to kill her, she would have killed her already. Walking Dead is a lot of ways has been the one big apocalypse soap opera anyways. I'm surprised to see Michonne Merck, the lady of the car. I agree with that, Dark. It was still like WWE wrestling, but with more talking. I was super surprised about that one, Dark. Okay, so after this scene, we see the hearts beating as one shit. And then the distance, we see boots, boots, boots. So then we see Michonne in a car with a savior. It's a long, long shot of just her with a gun in the head. I love how the scene builds because there's no dialogue in it and there's barely just any quick, just a cool sound, a good buildingness to the music and to the audio in this whole episode. And I just love how she just paused there for a second and just didn't move and just the look on her face. And she says, uh... <clears throat> Tell me what I want to know, or you'll see what happens next. And anyone who's ever seen Michonne shoot a gun knows we know it's going to happen next. She'll try to shoot her at point blank range and somehow miss her because Michonne can't fucking shoot a shit. <laughs> so then she sits forward all pissed off and she says, I'm not going to kill Negan today. And, uh, and you can change this. Uh, and she says, this is me, my own mission. This is why I'm all, all alone. I'm just yada yadding a little bit, but they go kind of go back and forth. They talk cryptically a little bit, stuff that I would have to watch a second time to truly get everything that they said back and forth in those scenes. But it was intense. I was into it. I was, I was kind of getting into what was going on, but I didn't get all the dialogue of what was going on in that scene. Now we go back to Sasha and Maggie and they're just, it's now it's a love fest talking about how, from their perspective, how everybody loves them here. And it's the three of them just hanging out, having a good time, Enid, Maggie, and Sasha. But Maggie asks about Jesus and Sasha straight up lies and Enid calls her on the lies going, I know you're lying. I'm calling you on your bullshit. And she calls her on like five different points that she's lying about the re reason why she knows that she... She's bullshitting about Jesus. So then we go over to the dude telling Carol and Morgan about how awesome the kingdom is. And this place is under threats of the saviors and it needs to be stopped and yada, yada, yada. And which Carol just eventually responds to, I don't want to hear about your shit. And to me, I hear what's going on here in this scene. It's The kingdom is going to fight with them. That's going to happen. This is false drama. 
Carol, something's gonna happen. Carol's gonna get pissed, put on her headband. The music's gonna play. Da -dun -dun, da -dun 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 -dun. She's gonna get into the fight, and Rocky's gonna fight the fight. Do you think The Walking Dead will ever get to the point where Michonne is cutting bullets down with her katana? I could see that. Hashtag corny Jedi Michonne. A bunch of nothings with Sansa, uh, Sansa and Maggie and Enid standing there with Sansa, Sasha and Maggie. A little, a little slip there for your thoughts of some characters, huh, Timo? And Enid standing there making you wish you could punch her. Sadly, with the show, I wouldn't be surprised. But they didn't, but they don't, but if they don't, the kingdom will fall. <laughs> the kingdom will fall, Phil. Timo says, oh my god, this is soap opera shit right now, she said during this point in the episode. And a lot of verbal jerking off, I said. Get to the fucking, I said. I'm waiting for the Young and Restless theme song, Timo said. Phil, I said, tell us, tell us, we don't fucking know. We get it. The saviors are bad. You don't need to keep telling us. Tell us something we don't fucking know. We get it. And... That was one of the things that I feel like has been done too much this season. I think they spent so much time of last season leading up to how bad Negan's guys are, how bad the saviors are. We had enough buildup to that. We don't need constant reminders and reaffirmations of how bad of people the saviors are. These speeches, this, I, there's this group of people. I don't know if you've heard of them. They fuck with me. They're called the saviors. Yeah, we know. I know you guys are telling them for the first time, but we're the audience. Hi, guy guys. Hi, writers. You know, we're here. And we heard this shit before. We don't need to hear it again. Thank you. That's all I'm, that's all, that's all I'm asking for. That's all he's asking for. Timo says, Hash, hashtag fuck Sansa. Stop triggering me, Phil. <laughs> you got Sansa on the brain, Timo. So more zombie commercials. Da 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 da. And we're back in, and Tara has a bullet for Negan, and Father Gabriel says, Tara, why does it have to be you? Well, it needs to be me. Why does it have to be you? Well, someone's got to kill him. I want to kill him. Why doesn't it have to be you? It doesn't want to be me. Does it want to be you? Can it be you? Can it be me? It needs to be me touching you with the bullet inside your things, and Ferris needs to pass out of 31 fucking flavors last night. And that's that scene. And Timo says, I want to know why Rosita's so upset. Abraham broke up with her badly and moved on to fuck Spencer. Then why the fuck is she so devastated? God, I hate her. As Gabriel leaves. Triggered. <laughs> Rosita. So back to Daryl escaping and getting some weapons. And then Carol and Morgan and the dude. The dude's trying to get Carol to get violent and get to be a badass again. And we hear this, uh... No, I don't give a shit about you. Stuff from Carol. Which is, to me, Carol, one of my favorite characters. I'm getting a little sick of this because Carol is like... It's like you're playing a game and one character... Or playing a fighting game and you say that... Smash Brothers Melee. And you're like, no one can use Meta Knight. Because it's fucking broken. Carol's broken. And they know they have to sideline Carol. Or she could just go in there and kill everybody. She wouldn't deal with this shit. So they have to, uh, I was couldn't think of the word. She ha they have to nerf Carol somehow. And that's what they've been doing the last season and a half. Fucking nerfing her character. And I don't like it. There needs to be an update to the game where they unfucking nerf and they give her some buffs. God fucking damn it. Give Carol some fucking buffs. Oh, we got, we got KLC in the live chat. We got Patricia Rosita's stupid. <laughs> Rosita Ben and Sansa, we have a great fucking discussion. We've got Daryl kicked 
Fat Joe's ass. Meta Knight was mine. It wasn't in Melee, Phil. Meta Knight wasn't in Melee. Oh, sorry. In uh, fucking Brawl. Thank you. I think you don't know how many people are going to fucking be on my ass for that one mistake. I'm going to get like more comments about that than the whole entire podcast. Like people, wait a minute, Phil. Meta Knight wasn't introduced till Brawl. And with the tripping and everything, Meta Knight's abilities really fucking made him broken. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, so Carol's rocky and she's not fighting the fight. She wants out, get the fuck out, leave my fucking house. And we need to do it now while we still have the advantage. No, no. Get off. Carol does Carol. the, Carol does the basic equivalent of telling these kids to get off her fucking lawn. It's like, you kids, get off my lawn. I don't want to mess around with your bullshit anymore. And it's time to fight. No. No. Fuck you. This is something I am not a part of. Then you don't have to fight. You just have to convince Ezekiel to bring the kingdom to fight. You're not understanding me. No. I didn't want you, I didn't want Ezekiel or Morgan coming here, and I don't want anything to do with your lives or your deaths. I just want to be left alone. Leave her alone. And then suddenly the Billy Joel song comes on. I don't do what you want to do with your life. Leave me alone. So, and Timo said at this point in the episode, oh my God, why is everyone spitting out these quotes that seem right out of motivational speech? And I said, what did we, 40 minutes in, what do we learn? And this is where I was saying that this all could have been done in about 20, 20 minutes. They didn't need to have this be 40 minutes. So, oh, I see we have a call from Jay again. Let's get Jay back on the line here for a mid-recap phone call here. And, of course, if anyone else wants to get in on the phone lines and has some thoughts to leave, you can call in at 315-948-8237 and get into the caller queue, and we'll take your calls. And it's 315-948-8237, or if you have a voicemail or text you want to leave in, 781-990-8509, or, of course, jump in the live motherfucking chat. But let's get to our buddy Jay in the on the phone lines. Let me see if I can figure this shit out. What's go What's going on, buddy? Hey, what's up, man? I just wanted to uh, comment on your little rant earlier about how Walking, how AMC advertises Walking Dead and stuff, and they over advertise it, dude. That's the same for every single show on any network whatsoever. If you watch HBO. You will see, like, three or four, like, advertisements about Game of Thrones when they're not playing a movie. Dude. If you watched CW, you will see advertisements for Arrow, Flash, and Legends of Tomorrow all the time. Dude, I... I'm just saying. Dude, you're so... You're, Every you're, one of them exploits their most most profitable TV show. Dude, you're so right. You're honestly right. I think it's one of those things... You know when you're... You know when you're upset about other shit, you pile on by picking picking up a, Oh yeah, yeah, The Walking Dead doesn't fucking jerks me off and doesn't finish, Jay. It doesn't fucking finish me off, Jay. And there's too many fucking commercials, too. You know, it's like an extra thing to be able But you're right. When a show knows that they can make money, that's just the name of the game. Stop crying, asshole. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm telling you, yeah, stop crying, asshole. It's just the fucking, the way the business works. No, you're right. I mean, it seems like more on AMC. I think because most of the shows I watch other than, uh, that aren't on AMC, I don't watch live. So I'm fast forwarding through DVRing or watching on HBO Go. So, but even HBO on the HBO Go, before you get into the episode, there's three minutes of HBO fucking porn of like, but watch this show on HBO. Watch this 
show on HBO before you actually get to the fucking uh, the meat of it all. But yeah, no great, yeah. <laughs> great call, Jay. Great call. Is I, lo- I love Jay-, Jay. Keeps me honest, and and uh, when when the boy when my friend is right, my friend is right, and I I am adding on. All shows do do that. AMC might seem a little worse, but I think part of it's because I'm watching this show live, and I don't watch a lot of other shows live. Sintovi says, I can't believe I'm saying this, but Rosita should have taken Father Gabriel's advice. <laughs> she seems like she's only hot because there aren't that many good-looking women on The Walking Dead right now. Alexandria has electricity and no ice in the lemonade. What the fuck? Tired of commercials for Arrested Development that Super Show was canceled years ago, yet I still see ads at a bus stop. What the fuck says I'm at? I tolerated her and probably don't like her. Ironthroat says, hashtag abandoned TV ads. Patricia says, I don't hate zombie commercials, I just hate a lot of commercials. Olivia should have had a mixed dog poop in her said lemonade, or poison the lemonade, put some strychnine in that shit. Something. Some shit in there. Okay, so we are back in, and we back and we see Spencer, who, sitting in his place, and I thought this was probably my favorite Spencer scene that we've ever got uh, in the whole entire run of the show. I just, I like this. This was, this was, I mean, he's a little fucking smarmy prick, but it was the first time that I could, I'm not gonna say the first time I ever related to him, but the first time I was watching the scene going, okay, and I think also at this point right here, this point as we come back in from commercial here, we come into Spencer who's in his place, his place like is all fucking disheveled, and he's staring in the mirror and doing this motivational speak for himself to try to psych himself up to go charm Negan, and I think from this point on the episode, I don't have a problem with barely any of it. I think from this point on the episode, this is The Walking Dead as good as The Walking Dead gets. And this was just a lot of fun, a lot of action, a lot of, whoa, whoa, what the fuck just happened? And a lot of good character moments. So uh, we start off here with Spencer. Hi. 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 Hi, though. Practicing. Did you guys get, wait, 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 did you guys see that on camera? Did that work? Did you, did the, did the pop off? Did you actually see that make air? This is my uh, stopper, my Mario stopper that Joe gave me for my beer. And I think that just, that just popped off and flew. I don't know if you guys actually saw that on camera. I'll have to, uh, have to rewatch the tape. And if so, do a, do a rewind. But, but yeah, Olivia should have put something evil in Negan's drink at that point in time. <laughs> you guys saw that it was awesome. and you and you guys I, you couldn't see it but it actually landed it didn't it landed on the on the chair that I have next to it like flat landed flat on it but holy fuck I'm gonna have to uh gif gif that at some point in time so anyways so okay so we come back and he does this high 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 and this is where to me again the episode really starts he then heads out and we see the carlos dude who hates camping and he heads into his hidden rv and looks around and sighs and then he gets one of his bottles and he's in tears and he smashes the bottle on the floor and this guy's unhinged unhinged i don't know what the fuck's wrong with this guy but carol's probably better off not trusting his ass Timo, I know I always keep my lemon-flavored poison right next to the triple sack. It says dark. <laughs> some pledge, some uh, some Heather's type stuff going on. Need some Christian Slater and Winona Ryder to do some uh, do some uh, Drano's poisoning. <laughs> That's exactly where it's supposed to be for just such an occasion, Dark. 
She keeps it in the basement next to the whips and chains and the uh, the keys for all the Game of Thrones boys in the basement. So back to Spencer, who is trying to uh, just go with... He, everything's coming up, Spencer. He's like Tobey Maguire in that Spider-Man 3 scene where he's uh, dancing along to the to the really cheesy music. And uh, he's dancing along to the music. It's coming. It's like, yeah. I'm gonna charm Negan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, shut the fuck up, Bill. I'm gonna charm that Negan's pants off. So, what would my mom do? And he's talking with Rosita about what his mom do, and he just acts like a dickbag to Rosita. You know, I totally was like laying the pipe to you, and it was like hot and shit, and like, what the fuck's wrong? I mean, like, you totally aren't like doing me anymore. What's up? And she goes, I was using you, you stupid son of a bitch, and you became more disgusting and annoying than it was worth it to use you as a rebound fuck. And now you're fucking pathetic. No one's gonna miss you when the most comically ridiculous looking pile of guts falls out you later in the episode. <laughs> Spaghetti Tuesday was what was inside Spencer's belly in the, by the end of this episode. So here we go, we continue, and let me scroll through here just to make sure I don't have a, a text message. Okay, oh, I do have a text message from my friend Steve who says, uh, awesome episode, fucking best one of the season, especially the end. Yep, now I agree, Mr. Spencer, Mr. Steve Spences. Speaking of Spencer, so we go back to Spencer who is using his good momentum to get closer to Negan and he's gonna do what his mom would do. So Timo says, so this same bitch is suicidal because Abraham died and now she's making a date with Spencer. Because at the end of it all, she's like, Spencer's like, like, but, you know, since there's like not too many hot people left in the apocalypse, you want to maybe like just get some dinner as friends. And she, she, she's like, yeah, sure. Let's hang out. <laughs> Fucking. And as Timo said, <laughs> she's suicidal because of Abraham and now she's just making a date with Spencer. I can't, uh, can they just both die? Spencer, Ahmed says, Spencer strikes me as the guy who's constantly backpacking in Thailand or skiing in the Rockies on his parents' dime. Lav Lav, great to see you, Lav Lav. Haven't seen the episode, is it worth it? And I think the general consensus, some people might feel differently, but I think the general consensus in the live chat is half. Is, is half. Middling, as uh, Tyrion would say. It's funny how Spencer's holding his guts as he's falling to the floor. I want them to find their own place not to deliver these pathetic, except for Aaron and a couple of other Alexandrians. So, so okay, so then we're off to Daryl and Fat Joe, and Fat Joe goes, no, dude, 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 totally, like, take your shit, take all your shit, get the hell out of here, just, just, you know, I'm, I don't even like those guys. I don't even like those guys. And Daryl, who doesn't give two fucking shits, pummels the fuck out of this guy. And then Jesus shows up, and... Oh, I forgot to mention now the Jesus thing. One of my favorite off weird lines. My favorite, uh, ladies and gentlemen, tonight's, uh, tonight's awkward Jesus line of the night. When Enid says to Sasha, why are you lying to Maggie about, why are you lying to Maggie about Jesus? 
<laughs> so I just thought it was a funny line. Why are you lying to Maggie about Jesus? So Jesus comes in and he watches as Daryl beats the shit out of him and he takes the and he sees a gun on him and it's Rick's gun and he takes him. They're also conveniently located by two monster bikes that Jesus already has the keys for in preparation for this moment. <laughs> this was a moment that that uh, Jesus was planning out for a long time. He knew in his mind, predicted where Daryl was and set this all up, went and pilfered the keys magically to these motorcycles and they're, they're off. Daryl with a motorcycle. Cause we all want Daryl to have a motorcycle. So he has one again. How soon before he has a crossbow? Beginning of the next episode. I'm surprised he didn't get one by the end of this episode. We could only have one weapon reunion by the, by the end of the episode. Yeah, we're gonna get to that, Dark. We're gonna get to that. I'm trying to uh, hold my tongue here for a second with that one. But yeah, we're gonna get to that. Mm -hmm. mm. So then we quickly get Spencer introducing himself to Negan. He wants to talk to Negan. One of Negan's people won't let him talk to him. But Negan basically, well, I'll just let him up here. Come on, let this guy up here. What do you want, Spencer? And Spencer settles with the third high and he goes, hi. And he comes in. So Timo says, so it was Jesus that helped Daryl. How did Jesus know which cell uh, or where the cells were? Maybe Dwight is helping him, Timo. There's got to be some explanation for that. And I wrote, Jesus read the script. So back in the car with Michonne and the Savior, she shows him that, that she can never really get to Negan because we're all Negan. We're all, one head gets cut off, another will grow in his place, yada, yada, yada. So she sits in the car and it's another cool Michonne scene. And it's one of those moments I have to say, I didn't catch everything that was going on in the scene. It was ditch the car, grab the silencer and the, and the thing. You can live through this. I think the, this is how I read it. I could be completely off and people in live chat can tell me if I'm completely off, but I have to rewatch the scene. I took it that she was saying, you're fucked here. There's no way you're getting out of here alive if you try to go in there and stop me. So why don't you let me go, ditch this car, take the silencer in the thing, go off. And I'm not going to say anything about this. And we'll, we'll call this even. You didn't kill me. I'm going to let you go right now. Bye-bye-bye. At least that's how I took it. And it was Michonne kind of learning a lesson. I, I mean, it could have been, it could have been something different. Again, I, I can't lie. I wasn't, I, I was... I had trouble. I had tr I had trouble writing down notes during that scene. I was watching it and being like, "Okay, let's go." What was she talking about? Silencer. What what just happened? It's Eugene's fault for not making that bullet hollow point, or making more than one, <laughs> for only making one fucking bullet. Someone asked me to make one bullet. I'm making them at least three. It's all Carl's fault. If you didn't went to Negan, none of this shit would have happened. She, oh, she wanted to be killed, says Richie. Okay, thank you, Richie. I totally missed that. So she was saying, I don't want to go back to that. Kill me, the silencer, kill me, ditch the car. It's over. You don't have to go try to kill Negan and kill yourself. So she was basically just warning her off like that. But Michonne did kill that woman. And I'm curious, and if anyone's listening to this later, jump in the live chat, educate me on what happened in that scene because I'm a, because I don't know what happened in that scene, everybody. I'm stupid. <laughs> So, so here we go into our next scene. Rick's coming back and he's surprised to see Negan's dudes there. We see ne the guys are like, uh, oh, hey, what, what, you got our shit. Let's fuck you up, Nick, in there. Like Biff's underlings uh, who are just like, come on, McFly. What the fuck, McFly? What's going on? She shot her with a silencer. Okay, thank you, Jose. Good evening, Biggie. Great to see you, buddy. I'm great to see everyone. Thank you to everyone that's joining me tonight. 
I, I don't love that Joe has to work on Sunday evenings, but I do love occasionally getting to come out here and just babble and babble and babble to you all. And uh, I know uh, if Joe was here, he would say, what a shitload of fuck this fucking bullshit crap is doing. Why didn't someone shoot fucking Negan? And we have to at least give, at least give Rosita the credit for trying. We'll get to how bad her aim is. Or no, her aim's not that bad. It, it's just a billion to one chance that... Lucille got in the way. Not quite there yet. So we're in Negan's house and uh, Negan's in your house with some assholes. Over to Negan and Spencer talking and drinking. Negan's getting a vacation home here. Good stuff. We need a pool table. Uh, Spencer goes, oh, there's actually a pool table in across the street over there. Let's go play pool. And Negan goes, well, it's a really beautiful day out. We're not going to play pool inside. I got an idea. I got a thought though. So then, then we go over and they're loading up the goods. And I forgot to mention this before. When Aaron and Rick are on the houseboat, they find this little note that says, congratulations, even if you win, you lose. Meaning you found my goods, you found my guns, but there's no bullets, so you're kind of fucked. Aaron and Rick, this is one of those things that makes a lot of sense. So I don't think this is just plotty type stuff. This is shit that really happens. You just forget something's in, an, in somewhere. They forget that that's actually there. And they see it, and it's like a misunderstanding where the guy's like, oh, this is for us. This is, you thought this was fucking funny and they beat the living fuck out of Aaron and Rick has to watch. And then the end of this episode, I really love how this was all edited together at the end. It's just a really great back and forth where we just, we cut to Negan and Spencer playing pool, talking about Rick and it cuts back to the Rick scenes. It's, it, I, it was just done for my sake really well at the end of this episode for everything I didn't like at the beginning. This is what I was saying at the beginning of this podcast. I am so, so erratic in this episode for my interest in it. It's so, it's so up and down. The parts that I really love are some of my favorite stuff from The Walking Dead in a long, long time. And the stuff I didn't like is just soap opera fucking bullshit that's just, or bad dialogue or padded out scenes that don't need reaffirmations of stuff we already knew. But the end of this episode... Fuck all some good shit that happening in this moment and the way everything was put together. Blues. And, uh... You leave us a little love note? No. So, yeah, so they beat... They, you they beat would just the be standing there, there scowling, giving me that annoying side-eye he gives me. It's actually what I came to Let's see. Let's listen to them talk about Rick for a second while I eat a sandwich quickly. I want to talk to you about Rick. Let's talk All about right. Rick. Talk to me, Spencer. Talk to me about Rick. So they keep cutting back and forth between Rick and and the, the Rick situation, Rick hacking to watch Aaron get his ass I'm kicked. I'm not saying I agree with your methods, but I get it. Why Spencer really, even everything he's seen, thinks this is gonna work. He thinks he's doing really awesome here. But you should know that Rick Grimes has a history of not working well with others. Mm. Is that so? Rick wasn't the original leader here. My mom was. She was doing a really good job of it. And she died. 
not long after Rick showed up. So yada 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 yada. Spencer goes on and on and on and on. We all we all saw it. We don't have to listen to it again. And uh, Rick Rick it goes back and forth. Everyone's what? This is the one of the minor points that I had a big problem with. I mentioned it earlier. It's a small little note. Maybe I could rationalize it by saying. Okay, they brought the pool table out. Everybody is watching the pool table. It's like Fast Eddie is playing Tom Cruise in the the Battle of the Century with Jackie Gleason in Wings, the hustler in the Wings to play the winner. <laughs> but maybe there's not a lot of things to do, so the pool table's out and Negan's playing Spencer, so it's something to watch. But it they got a whole audience. All of Alexandria's watching. All of Negan's guys that are there, practically all of them, except for the ones that are beating the piss out of Aaron, Pretty much everyone is hanging out watching this pool game and it just seemed a little off to me because none of them are close to the table. They're all in like the surrounding outskirts, just looking on, just just in that sense that something's going to happen here. So we need all the characters here to witness this. It seemed to me, and this is just a minor criticism of it, because of that minor point, this is just the way my mind works, it took me out of that situation and I started thinking, well, they're just trying to recreate what happened at the end of last season in the sense when the sword cut and that big hodgepodge where Porch Dick got killed and all of that. They're just trying to recreate something so everyone's there to see it. So we need you just, why is everyone there? Well, there's a pool table outside and uh, everyone will be looking at that because that's cool. So... And to me, again, this is just how I imagine the conversation going on in the writer's room. So, we want everyone there because it's a big more impact moment if everyone's watching. Oh, and I don't know if this is in the comics, so I could be talking out my ass. This could actually be in the comics that they take the pool table out and everyone's watching, so... Either way. Um, why don't we, uh, why don't we have them play pool? Well, then they'd be inside. We could have Negan demand they take the pool table outside. That could work. Yeah, so I don't know, I, to me that's what, in my mind, that's how it works. It's pro probably not that simple, and there's probably an explanation that everyone just, they get to, they want to watch it. It's exciting for the people in Alexandria to, to see a game of some sort, or Negan forced everyone to come out to watch him play, or something like that, or I don't know, a lot of reasons. But in the moment, it took me out of it for a moment, and I thought it was, I thought it was a little bullshitty. Sam says, can someone explain to me why that Kingdom guy was crying in his trailer? No, I can't, because I don't know who he is. I don't know why he was so upset, but I think Carol must must have got a sense that that guy was cuckoo canuku and didn't want anything to do with him. <laughs> they don't have TV, so I bet they don't get many visitors every day. Yeah, exactly, Tom. So, so, okay, so Rick shows up and all this shit happens. Okay, so everyone's just watching pool. Rick shows up, shit happens. Or is, oh, this is uh, Spencer continuing. Rick, sh Rick shows up, Spencer continues, or, oh wait, that, I'm sorry, I'm already at the guts. So Negan basically just sums it all up and ultimately calls him a pussy and says, listen, dude, Rick Grimes, that Rick Grimes might hate my ass, but he's out there working for me. That dude's got some fucking guts. Everyone's got some guts. You, sir, you don't have any fucking guts. And then he stabs him in the belly and very comically in a way that The Walking Dead usually doesn't do. It looked almost spoofy, like it was spoofy The Walking Dead. And I don't know if it looked this funny to everybody else, but the way the guts seeped out, to me, just looked like a comedy movie. Like uh, like something, I'm blanking on that movie that Peter Dinklage is in, that, uh, that really fucking fucked up crazy out there. Or something that you would see in a... Uh, 
in a B movie type thing. It, it just didn't look, it was too bright or something. Maybe it was the color that they chose or something, but it just looked really slightly goofy. It was an intense scene, no doubt, but I don't know. For Walking Dead, who's usually very good about stuff like that, and it it just was, just looked like a giant piece of bubble gum or something like that. Yeah, it, look, it, yeah, it looked like a cartoon. It looked kind of cartoony to me. Yeah, snitches get stitches, <laughs> says Tom. In the comic, Spencer pulls Negan uh, to the side, and then he gets gutted. I think maybe that would have been better a little bit more, it just would have made a little bit more sense. He just made King Ezekiel getting sub and the... I, and now him get make, making mad and now him I think they should all be trying to kill him for what he did right there <laughs> it just seemed kind of cheesy that's just that's just my opinion and I think and it took me out of the moment of what otherwise was a really cool scene a cool lead up and actually a menacing moment from Negan I kind of felt like it was coming I think most people watching knew that Spencer was talking himself into uh into getting fucked in some way, but I think it worked out really well and a fail where The Walking Dead usually doesn't fail in the special effects department right there. That's usually a home run, an easy hit for them, and it was a little weird looking. Those guts were similar to Nicholas's guts. Double agent, no, he was against Rick. I think they should all be oh, you all be trying to kill him, as Timo said. Okay, so so Spencer Spencer guts everywhere, blah, blah, blah. Over to Negan, who's talking some shit. He says, Rick hates me, but he's working. So I'm trying to get to the notes. So you know you got no guts. So then he stabs in the belly and guts everywhere. As Carol and everyone, or everyone happens to watching, freaks out, and uh, Negan says, anyone want to finish the game? Starts yelling, anyone want to play pool? Anyone want to finish this game? Join me. Come on, let's play. And I was winning as Rosita takes out the gun, gets gets a moment to aim, shoots, and it cuts to commercial break. I will bet, as I said during commercial break, I would a billion dollars some stupid ass shit's gonna stop Negan from getting shot there. Cause there's no reason why he shouldn't have been shot there. So then we go back to Rick and Rick and Aaron and, oh, okay, we come back in there and Rick and Aaron hear the shot and they start running up and right, and there we get this reaction from Negan and this is our response in the episode. Oh yeah, this is the two of them running, and then we get over. What the shit? What the shit? You just you trying to kill me? You shot Lucy. She got in the way. She got in the way. So she shot him, and somehow she hit the fucking bat. Are you fucking kidding me? She got a good shot on him, and she hit the bat. And the bullet didn't go. I I can't even fathom that. And I wish they showed it. I mean, I guess it's possible, but that was pretty close range that she had a good shot on him for it to actually hit a, like, I don't know percentages. I don't know anything like that. I've never fired a gun in my, well, no, I fired a shotgun when I was a kid, but I've never really fired a handgun. Like, I don't know how it works. I don't know in that situation how easy that would be, but it seems in reality how very fucking highly unlikely for that bullet to hit the bat and not fucking hit him. Like, go in the right spot of the bat where it just hits the bat and the bullet fucking stops? Are you give Give me a fucking break. 
And again, people can tell me I'm stupid and that maybe that's that's something that could easily happen. But we're talking about Michonne stopping doing like Jedi stopping bullets with her swords and shit. Did Negan just go bump? Did he like did it slow down the matrix like speed so fucking Negan could go Agent Smith that shit? Eli, no, I didn't watch this garbage. <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. It's why is Ro yeah, why is Rosita referring to Lucille as she? What the fuck? She's she's in on this? She's doing it too? Oh, we got Broke Black Man in the live chat. Great to see you, buddy. Great to great to have seen you on some live streams too. Hold Eli, you're watching The Walking Dead. I thought you hate this shit. No, no, he's not watching it. He's not watching this shit. I'm a fucking uh, self-loathing Walking Dead lover. So here we go. It's because she was pregnant. She just seemed weird. It's because, yeah, Lucille was pregnant. I mean, why not say your back got in the way just because you're first to Lucille doesn't mean you insane people should. Yeah, doesn't mean a sane person should respond back. Oh, I'm sorry. If I'm like, this microphone's my girl, guys. I talk to her. I lick her. I touch her all the time. If, if, uh, the, if, if, when I, when I get Jay on the line, if he goes, you know, your girl, if he starts like saying, you know, you're really nice to your girl the way you whisper into her ear. Jay's more fucking crazy than I am. <laughs> I'm crazy not for playing a role play with my microphone, but someone fucking agrees to it and responds back. I mean, maybe she was saying it in jest, but it seemed like she was just crazy in the moment and talking, that bitch got in the way. <laughs> Give me another chance. <laughs> Eli's dead right now. <laughs> it's just seriously. This is one of those moments where I wish Joe was on right now because, because, because I would love to see his take on this situation because give me a fucking break. Oh. Eli says, I'm a self-loathing Walking Dead. Yeah, I am. I mean, I'm a self-fucking-loathing Walking Dead fan. I fucking hate myself. I hate myself for loving you. You made your fucking you by your fucking goo-goo. <laughs> okay. Gee, fucking balls. Strawberry Shortcake's ass. That fucking, it would hit that bat. She'd either miss or hit him. I could buy the miss, like ricochet off. You hit the fucking bat. She, her smooth skin, you son of a bitch. And then Negan on schedule doesn't shoot her, doesn't hurt her, just freaks out all hot. Hey, fucking, my, my girl's smooth skin will never be the same. Cut the pretty girl's face. And then why don't we kill someone? And then randomly, one of the girls goes, I want to shoot someone. And goes, eh, I don't like that farting poster over there. Bang, farting poster, you die. And farting poster Denise falls. And Rick's like, what the fuck, Negan? I thought we had a plan. I thought we had a deal. You and me, dude. You fucking son of a cocksucking asshole, bitch. I thought we had a fucking plan. Douchenards. And for the first time, Negan breaks it down to him. And I'm, I'm fucking on Negan's side with this shit. Negan, to a point. Negan goes, listen, dude. Listen, do I have it? Do I have the conversation here? Rick, I'm about to thank you. Yeah. I mean, look, I know we started this relationship with me beating the holy shit out of your friends. And because of that, we're never going to sit around and braid each other's hair or share our deepest, darkest secrets. But how about a little credit? 
I just bent over backwards to show you how reasonable I am. Seriously, okay? Maybe he shouldn't have done that, but there's a couple points here where he's absolutely right. Your kid? He hid in one of my trucks and machine gunned a bunch of my men. Yeah, Carl's a fucking shitsicle that fucking machine gunned down a bunch of people, not Negan, you big fucking pussy, you, you fucking AJ'd this shit and hit everybody butt fucking the butt fucking butt fucking the the target. You butt fuck the target, Carl. And no, you screwed up. You're a little bitch, and Negan should have killed Carl for fucking gun down in his men. But no, he takes him home. And I brought him home, safe and sound. And I fed him spaghetti. He made him fucking spaghetti. Like, like someone makes me spaghetti, they can fucking piss in my mom's orange juice, okay? You make me spaghetti, we're okay. Another one of your people. Well, he wanted me to kill you and put him in charge. I took him out for you. And another one? Yeah, he fucking helped you with Spencer. You secretly thank him. That's why you get all angry, Rick, at the end of the episode and stab the zombie Spencer in the face because you wanted to be the one that kills Spencer. You're pissed that Negan took your kill. Here, she shot Lucille trying to kill me just now, so I gave you one less mouth to feed. And by looking at her, that mouth did some major damage. Now personally, I would- And again, a fair point, okay? Rosita, a big fucking nothing, okay? Or the fucking, the script, the plot, jumped up, okay? This is what happened, actually. Rosita fired the gun, had a good shot at him. I can give full credit to Rosita. I don't want to spend this time right now bitching about Rosita. She got a good shot on Negan. Everything that Joe and I have been talking about, she didn't pussy out like Carl. She didn't fucking balk at the moment. She didn't hesitate. She pulled out the gun, aimed, got a good fucking shot on Negan. Then what happened was the script, the plot, Jumped out, jumped out, grabbed Lucille, slowed down time to Matrix-like fucking speeds. Agent Smith that shit. Slow motion. Did the fucking flash thing or the thing from X-Men Days of Future Past when the, when the speedster, Quicksilver, can slow down time and just walks through stuff. Stopped, picked up Lucille out of Negan's hands so he was not unaware... I'm not even aware of it. If you slow down the video, I'm, I'm watching this right now. I'm watching a replay of it. And if you slow it down, you can see this. The speedster comes in, grabs Lucille, and stops the bullet in mid-air, mind you. Stops it, grabs the bullet, ricochets it into Lucille because he hated Lucille because he was an Abraham fan. And that's how the bullet was stopped. So I cannot blame Rosita for her amazing talents in this episode. So that was completely the plot calling in a speedster from Matrix Zone 101. I, I figured it out. Betty, we figured this shit out. Walter White, so true, Phil. So true. Quicksilver, really, Phil? Yes, Quicksilver did it, Broke Black, Broke Black, man. It happened. We all saw it. Slowed down the fucking tape. If, maybe it's not going to be in the West Coast broadcast to some of the people tuning in later. But that shit was in the East Coast broadcast. It's like the Jessica Rob Rabbit naked frame. It exists. Maybe not in all copies. But there's a naked frame in there. Don't let them fucking fool you.
bitch tits. Okay, so so Tara Tara was uh wait, wait, wait where the fuck are we? So Rick says Rick says uh, yada yada yada. He says yada yada yada. He says he fed him spaghetti. Rick's like, will you just go now? And Negan wants the guy or the gal that made the bullet. Give me the fucking bullet or more people die. Tyra says it was me, which I think this was one of my favorite Tyra moments that we've had in a long time, because it's just classic Tyra, where Tyra's just like, it's me. No, it's not. Shut the fuck up. You're stupid. I, this is one of the moments where I like Negan. I like Negan in this scene. So Eugene finally offers it up, and uh, he does this whole Eugene thing. It was me. I, I was the one that I grabbed a 452 of some diamond rot, mixed that with some calcium uh, migdal, put that in a blender, spun it. Then I spun it again. Then I added some human semen to it. Because when you add some human semen to the mix, it really holds the bullet together. Then I grabbed some uh, metal casing from a battery pack on a Super Nintendo Plus handheld system. The Super the Super Famicom Plus. <laughs> I did that. And when I did that and I combined it with some magic elfin magic from the lands of Never Not. With the Zoopity Doo people. When I did that, I created a bullet. A single bullet. For you and now Negan, I will be your <laughs> now Negan, I will be your mother champion from this day until my last. And that happened right there. And it was an amazing moment in time. So we continue to the end of this episode. Mm, 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 mm. What an episode. Uh, so Eugene says, Thank you. I'm going with you. Thank you. And he takes him and he takes him with him. And then Rick goes up to Spencer and goes, you fucking son of a bitch and stabs him in the eye and pisses in the socket. And he actually, I think, I I, I want to say in one of the cut scenes, this is probably going to be in the European release on the DVD copy. Rick is literally going to drop his balls into Spencer's uh, now dead zombie mouth. Um, yes. I believe they call that teabagging. Yes. I think Rick is going to teabag Spencer. At this point. <laughs> so. So the mullet champion is. Uh, is the, the <laughs> So. Uh, so yes. Uh, mullet's going to be a champion for the Negan army now. So uh, let's go. Uh, great job Rosita as Timo said. This was live uh, during this broadcast. Timo. Won't Spencer turn into a walker soon? Oh my god. Olivia dying is Rosita's fault. My only hope is that Rosita fanboys and fangirls can finally admit that. Thank you Walking Dead for allowing me to see Spencer die twice. Brown Sugar said red shirt's gone. Red shirt's gone. Corey Mitchell says the official name of this episode should be the walking clusterfuck. So we come back into Michonne and Rick are in a prison cell for more kind of soap opera-y uh, romance novel type stuff they talk they, they sheepishly hug it's a good scene between the two of them and uh blah 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 blah, blah. Uh, she's on board with him and their team now and they gotta figure it out and i just imagine and Corey mitchell adds this i just imagine their love making that rick randomly shouts out things like curl curl during sex so <laughs> the porn needs to be uh <laughs> the porn needs to happen so th then, what's number two? Bangtown? Yeah, I know that now. Yeah, oh, Rick says. <laughs> I know yeah, that. I know that now. I know that now. <laughs> so, so we continue with the walking clusterfuck. And so we go back to... 
<laughs> I have to say this. I always say this, but thank you to everyone that's joining me live tonight. You guys in the live fucking chat make the episode. Like the, Whether the episode's good or episode's bad, it's great to be able to come in here and get to babble to all of you guys. And anyone that's listening to the podcast later on iTunes, Stitcher, or anywhere else, please jump in and join the live discussions if you can live or on after the broadcast, usually about 30 minutes after the broadcast of The Walking Dead, jump into the live chat and share the discussion with some of the people live. Some really fun stuff uh, going on that I can't even, I'm not even getting to it all. I'm just turning and reading it and laughing my ass off. It's tougher to read it and do it when it's, uh, when I'm, uh, when I'm, uh, when I'm solo. Cause I'm like, I'll just be sitting there and go. <laughs> okay. So we go back to Maggie doing her thing at the beginning of the episode. And Maggie says something about each day of this world is pure. Each day I look into this. No, and she starts doing this voiceover. So is Maggie really going to enjoy seeing Daryl, as Corey Mitchell says? Great point. As this, this part was, was pre not predictable, was very choreographed, but I really like this scene. Made me feel real, made me feel real good. So, I mean, I think the goal that they were trying to do this season was to make you feel disarray from what happened with Negan to give you a sense of the group breaking apart. And that's why we had all these individual episodes. I think, I mean, I understand the intentions, the intentions of what the writing staff in this episode or the, or the, the showrunner was trying to do for the overall arc of this half season is so painfully obvious. It's just breaking up the group. The group goes in different directions. We learn about each group. And at the same time, we learn about all these different, different, uh, communities that need to eventually come together and all our characters need to come together emotionally and find a point that connects them all again. So, some win. They need a win that's going to spark off a reason to fight back. And then we've seen in a lot of enough places, enough people that we've met between the kingdom, Oceanside, and uh, fucking, uh, what do you call it? The, the, the last place. Um, the other the place I'm flaking on the name of. We... We've seen enough people that we can say, oh, now we can see how they could possibly beat all of these other people. We've seen all the setup for it. So it was, it makes sense what they're trying to do. I just think it didn't work for me. It worked for some people. I know it did work for some people. It didn't work for me. Hilltop is the other place. I wanted to see more from the kingdom. I wanted to see, and again, I think it would have worked better if you had several episodes, and this is just me being a little bitchy or whatever, several episodes of bouncing back and forth between all the locations rather than episodes focused in each location. So you, over more episodes, you got to learn every area. So the one problem I have with the with the Carol scenes in this episode is I'm so disconnected because I haven't seen Carol in so long. And if you just check one in her, if, and this is just for my own taste, maybe had one episode that was dedicated all to Tara. Keep the Tara episode, but have all those other three episodes combined into one interwoven story that you stop into all three areas. You stop into Alexandria, uh, Alexandria Hilltop and where the, and the savior's place. And you, and you stop into all three of those places, bouncing back and forth and going on some missions, going all that. You have a whole time. Then you skip, you have the whole tower episode and then you have the final two episodes of everything coming together. And I just think it would have maybe worked a little bit better rather than have episodes singularly focused because it just was harder for me to get a feel for everyone. I wanted to see more of Ezekiel. Now we're not going to see him again until the second half. And then maybe he'll become a main character, but it's going to feel like it wasn't earned. But if we saw him in a couple of episodes, like three or four episodes this season, it would have felt more earned for me. 
Carol is intolerable at this point. I miss Ezekiel, says Patricia. Yeah, just in the nick of time, right? It could happen, Critch. What's the real point of showing Ezekiel for the tiger? I'm sure some people forgot all about him. Carol will get it together once she knows her precious Dara was kidnapped. So let's go to, we got Jay on the line. Let's take Jay, uh, Jay's call for uh, to uh, sort of end the night and start to wrap things up. So uh, how's it going, buddy? Welcome back to the show. Hey, what's up? So I got two things to talk about. And the first thing isn't the, the, the one that I want to end off on. Um, so wait, the bullet hit a wooden baseball bat. Did it actually hit the like metal barbed wire around it? Um, I yeah, I haven't. I'd have to watch it. It wasn't visually clear. People in the live chat can see if they under got it a little bit better than I did. I think it maybe ricocheted off of it because he said something about you ruin the smoothness of the bat. So I don't think it even hit it direct on. I think it like ricocheted off oh, off the okay. bat and flew somewhere else. But again, I kind of have to rewatch the scene to know for sure. I was laughing too much on how ridiculous. If it hit it direct on, it should have still gone through. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. I think it ricocheted off it in some way. But I don't. But personally, like. And I'm going to look at the live chat, too. I don't think it was clear. I think it was kind of done almost half-assed in the way. It was like, he, it, it cut to commercial, and then when they came back, Negan just says, it hit the bat. So you never actually really see it. Uh, okay. She shoots it. He comes back. Uh, okay. and it's you like, don't see. You don't, like, there's no picture with the bullet inside no. of the bat. Okay, I get it. No, it's just, uh, okay. they, they cut to commercial. <laughs> but yeah, so it's kind of done. And uh, I'd like to play devil's advocate on the thing you just played devil's advocate on, on, on Negan being like how, how he was staring stuff and giving examples of it do it and stuff about how like carl came to his camp and tried to gun and gun down his people and he didn't kill him he took him home negan's whole camp took them over at gunpoint and they killed people for and they killed people if they didn't follow them of course carl went there and tried to gun them down in but fairness course, what has carl learned from every other thing he's been in you have to fight to survive he learned that from the um, from the wolf people. He learned that from the claimers, the, uh, from uh, the governor's people. He's like he's known that ever since he's like been a kid to a grown up now. Ever since the zombie apocalypse started, Rosita tried to kill Negan because Negan is a dick and she, he deserved it. Sure, like he like she missed, so Negan rightfully killed her or whatever. But I'm just pointing out that everyone pretty much has a right to the beef that they're going to. Right, and I would, but I, I would. What's his name? What's his name? Being a little bitch, trying to get uh, uh, Rick, uh, Rick, uh, in, uh, trying to get Rick outed um, is a different story. But I also think that Negan didn't help him out really that much either, because I think Rick could have dealt with that on his own. Good stuff as always, man. I would, o I would only add that I would say that in that. Negan does have a beef with them, too, because the shit that happened at the end of last season when they wiped out a whole warehouse trying to fuck with them and stuff like that. I'm trying to think who started it initially. I think those guys, those bikers that stopped them on the street. So maybe Negan's guys initially started, but they, it's, Negan's a dick, but you can, there is a way of looking at it, of thinking that Rick's people fucked with his people. They, they fucked with him so much that he couldn't help but introduce himself to them. Look at me relating to Negan, but... <laughs> But totally, I totally get your point. Let's jump to the live motherfucking chat. E. Martinez says, poor Olivia, what do you guys think they chose her for the girl to kill? It could have been anybody else in the background. Tobin would have been a good choice, but he's right above her shoulder. I'm not sure. Uh, maybe they just wanted to rid all the people, rid all the show of 
of I don't even know. Like like they it, that's just random that they picked her. Maybe because they set it up a little bit by having her be very directly associated and in interacting with Negan a lot in the episode and being horrified by it all. So I think they chose her because of choosing her for those moments because she was the most the most fucked up about dealing with Negan. So it just made sense. It was like a self-fulfilling thought. Like if you if if you're the person thinking, I don't want this to happen to me, I don't want this to happen to me, in a weird way, you're causing it to happen to you. Uh, the luck luck will end up landing on you. And uh, the pace of the show is awful, says Walter White. Awful. Agreed, says Walter. The pace of the show is making it sketchy. Bad writing is intolerable. John Rico says, what do you guys think? The st oh, stalker at the end of the credits. I didn't see it at the end of the credits, but we again... From what I'm taking from the live motherfucking chat, at the end of the credits, we see the boots again. We see boots, boots, boots one more time, and I don't know who that is, and I hope they don't stretch it all through next season. I hope we find out early in the season it's not like a Morgan thing where they just, like, stretch it on and on and on and on. So I feel like they, E. Martinez says, I feel like they kept the pace slow for the payoff on one episode. Uh, Rigel says, maybe Eugene sucks at making, sucks balls at making bullets. Dark says, just uh, did screen still, definitely wedged in the bat, definitely wedged in the bat. So Dark, to answer your question, uh, SMJ, they, uh, it's actually wedged in the bat. You don't see it, but it, but the bullet, I guess, got wedged in the bat. Kimo says, maybe they will learn from this experience and not stand outside and watch. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Maybe they will learn from the experience and not stand outside watching two guys play pool. All wood. Just freeze-framed it, freeze a bullet in the bat. And it looks smashed. The girl just didn't want to get bloody. And not deeply, says Dark. If you remember, she had a problem with Olivia anyways. Negan wouldn't let uh, her kill Olivia before. Oh, so she wanted to just finish. I, don't rem I didn't remember that, Centovia. Good pickup. Uh, the moment Olivia got all that screen time, I knew she was going to die at mid-season. Again, a slap in your face with it. Exactly, Timo. You knew it was like, it was obvious. They gave you that. They were like, yep, it's happening. Deal with it. Walking Dead thinks it has to hold your hand when, when someone's going to die. Hashtag soft. Just give me spontaneous murder, Walking Dead. I'm a goddamn bloodthirsty Game of Thrones fan, for fuck's sake. Patricia says, that's why they didn't kill someone else. They made us care for Olivia. Exactly, Patricia. And I... I think that's the thing that most bothers me about The Walking Dead in some ways is I feel that if, again, with the Glenn thing, not to go back to that, but killing Glenn in that dumpster situation would have been ballsy because it was unpredictable. It came out of nowhere. And it was a situation that you could actually see. It fucked up. Some guy that was scared, Nicholas thing, got scared and knocked him off. It would have made sense for what happened to him to happen to him where some things are just a little bit too pre-programmed of some sort. So Timo says, Game of Thrones made us all savage. <laughs> voicemail check. Awesome. We got a voicemail to check before the end of the night. Big, sexy, great to see you. Yeah, Olivia went from super lineless background, and then she had all these lines. We all knew. Yeah, we, I knew that. I knew they always do that. What's the deal with the person watching Rick? Not to go all, all reality show, but I want... I've said it many times. I watch the reality show Survivor a lot. Survivor does that too. And someone's going to get voted off. You won't hear from them all season. And suddenly the episode that they're going to get voted off and you, they talk a lot. They're getting tons of screen time. It's like, why is this person getting screen time? Hmm. Are they going to get killed tonight? And it's Walking Dead uses that same tactic. If they give the person screen time that's going to be killed by the end of the season. You, they did it with Ethan Embry's character last season where you're like, it all focused on Ethan Embry in, in the episode. You're like, Ethan Embry's so dead. 
So dead. So dead. Oh my god, it probably... Uh, what's What What if George R. R. Martin had time and he wrote the Walking Dead episode? That would be amazing. I would love to see him write a Walking Dead episode. I would love to see... <laughs> Here comes my Vince Gilligan thing again. I would love to see George R. R. Martin and Vince Gilligan work together on a project. Mm-hmm. Maybe even a zombie apocalypse show. <laughs> Dream scenario. Yeah, he's wedding Rin wins. Let him go. Let him go. Okay. Westworld's only been around one season. They've already figured out the kill characters. Where's the crow? Where's the crow? Katie Crow and Joe will be back. We're going to be doing a podcast, like an end of the year sort of podcast, talking about some of our favorite TV moments. And I'll get Joe and Katie on soon. We're going to talk about The Walking Dead and all of that. And Joe and I will be back soon. Maybe over the weekend, because the end of this week's kind of hectic for me, but we're going to be back towards the end of the week at some point for Vikings, and I'll be back a bunch with some bonus podcasts coming soon. So there's going to be a lot of fun coming over the holiday break and over the break until we get back to the beginning of the next television season. So I'm excited, and I can't, I can't fucking wait. Not for The Walking Dead, but I can't wait. Better Call Saul is coming back. No, I'm also excited for The Walking Dead to come, coming back. It's going to be Vikings is... I was wrong. Anyone that's listening to my Vikings stuff, Vikings is on straight until February. There's no five episodes in that break. I was incorrect about that. We got 10 episodes in a row, eight more. And uh, Vikings is looking awesome this season. And I can't wait to the finish of that. For anyone that's into that, make sure to come over and check out some of that coverage if you're into that. And to everyone that's checked us out for this half season, as always, thank you huge for the support. And if you enjoyed this video and you liked it, please hit the like button. Please hit the subscribe button. If you're listening to the podcast and you enjoyed this, please find a place to comment about the podcast, vote it up uh, on iTunes, give us some star ratings and stuff like that. It'll help more people discover the podcast and help the channel grow. So all sorts of other ways to help the channel out in the description box below if you want to find out ways to help us out there with a free Audible trial, some PayPal, Patreon, all that sort of shit too. So if you want to help us out, uh, there's always ways to do it and we really appreciate it or just help by spreading the word and help more and more people find the channel and find the podcast and get into the live motherfucking chat. But you guys in the live chat as always, have a fucking great night. Iron Throne, Raheem, Eli, Timo, all of my good fucking friends in the live chat. You guys are freaking amazing and if you're watching this video later and you haven't, please share your thoughts in the comment section below. Oh shit! Before we go, I almost forgot, we got, let's end the show here with a voicemail from Jay. And then we'll uh, get into the get into the close. So everyone, thank you so much. Almost forgot about your voicemail, Jay. I didn't, I got it. Let's do it. Oh, it was, it was a, it was started, it was started by them, kind of, because they went and killed those people for another camp. But the thing you're talking about where um, Daryl blew them up, I mean, technically, I guess that was on Daryl, but they had stopped them. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, they also didn't know that that was a group at that time. Like, they didn't know. <laughs> at, the, at the point where they killed them, they weren't even at war. They were just uh, just going to try. They were trying to clear the town of the zombies or whatever that were around. <laughs> so that was sort of, So I guess in retrospect... Um, um, they got thrown into it. I wouldn't say it's kind of like they both started it. <laughs> I mean, they they found they they uh, hired themselves to another camp for their for their for for food and stuff. So I guess they started it then. But I mean, it was going to get started anyway. Eventually, they were going to find that camp.
Awesome stuff as always. Jay, Critch, love you, buddy. Thank you, Timo. Eli, I love you, buddy. Thank you so much for the love. I won't tell anybody. What's up, William? Have a good night, my friend. Thank you to everyone that joined me tonight. Wish you all well. I'll talk to you soon. I'll be back very soon.
Yes, sir, pounds.